And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working. With that time, yours. First things first, I'd like to issue a, a brief apology to the dear listeners of Time Czars because we were going to do this show uh, 24 hours ago. Then a, a bunch of um, fecal matter hit the fan, and the fan blades have just kept spinning for the last 24 hours, not just through the NFL anymore on the COVID front, but also for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are the one seed in the AFC right now, by the way. That was going to be the main thing we talked about in our uh, Monday, post-Thursday night, post-NFL weekend action episode. That that little one seed note, I think, is going to be relegated to at least not the first thing we get to. Plus, I asked for questions for this episode. I, I, I wanted to hit a little mailbag in this episode. We might do our best to get there still. But those questions were asked in a different world. Those yep. questions were asked a day and a half ago. Yeah. In the last day and a half, my friends, some things have happened. And they're not great. No, they are not, uh, as we currently speak to you on a um, interesting Tuesday afternoon, mm-hmm. uh, right before two NFL games kick off. Oh, yeah, there's football tonight. I, I, I had... I, I, Remembered and forgot and remembered and forgot again and I just remembered. We're gonna try to 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 do our best today, folks. But as of right now, there are 14 players, 13 on the active roster, who have been placed on the COVID 19 list. Um, most notably, Chris Jones from last week, Willie Gay from last week, and then obviously over the last um, 36 hours. I, I, I would uh, I would guess based on testing time frame, uh, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are now on the list. Um, I'm just gonna do a simple <laughs> looking at the roster on a piece of paper and way the, to crinkle the paper to make yeah, it clear good work. That you have it. That was well done. And, and the uh, the only rooms to as of now not be impacted by. Uh, the virus and what appears to be the new variant of the virus. The only rooms to not be impacted so far are the quarterback room uh-huh. and the running back room. Every Two other most important positions. Every other room. <laughs> I heard that. Thank you. It was totally unnecessary. I just this is going to be a serious <laughs> open. I think and I'm just trying to get a little joke in. That's even the all. even the special teams room uh, has has. Has some issues. So, um, some positions such as offensive line, tight ends, wide receivers, linebackers, and DBs uh, have two or uh, or have two at least at, as of right now uh, in the DB room. It's three uh, positive tests. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of questions, Josh. I'm going to cede the floor to you. Um, and... I asked someone a little bit before we recorded today, um, and I want to do my job with the sincerity it requires, but I asked a few people, based on their experience, understanding how last year worked, um, this is now considered an outbreak. This many players with this many positive tests in multiple positions, and the list growing, or continuing, I should say, from one day to the next... All those things make it clear that the Chiefs, uh, this is the first time since the pandemic that they've had an, an outbreak. And it does seem like a good idea to mention here, and if either of you disagree with this, you can you can let me know. But it seems like a very good chance that if someone's not listening to this until midday Wednesday or, mm-hmm. or perhaps Wednesday evening, Seems incredibly likely that there will be more names on this list. I don't think that's irresponsible to speculate about, just given 
the contagious nature of this, the spread throughout all the rooms that you just mentioned, and the, the just the number here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just give you the, the names I've got real quick. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pull here from the list from uh, Nick Jacobs over at uh, KSHB 41. He's kept a good running tally. Uh, and I think, I don't know if I'm going to break news to you, Nate, but I think you said that there was a practice squad player on your list. There are two more now. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so um, the, the timeline here, again, pulling from Nick's list, you got Josh Gordon um, over a week ago, Chris Jones a week ago today, Willie Gay Jr. a week ago tomorrow, which I think also puts all of them in the previous protocol before all of that got fully updated. Correct. But all of them seem to have a, a pretty okay chance of testing negative a couple of times and, and maybe being able to play if that Steelers game is played on Sunday, which right now... I don't know if we know that 4-8 absolute mm-hmm. fact. Um, and you have Garrick Dieter on the practice squad. Then this Monday, you get Travis Kelsey, Charvarius Ward, and Harrison Butker. And then today, on Tuesday, you get Tyreek Hill, Rashad Fenton, Blake Bell, Nick Bolton, Lucas Niang, Kyle Long, Armani Watts, in addition to, from the practice squad, Darius Harris and Doris Fountain. So... That is the list that we have as of about 4.20. We're all blazing it here. <laughs> it's 4.20 Central Time. Yep. That's the list we have. And uh, and Seth, I mean, you're, you're a real expert when it comes to the football world. Could you say this is bad for the Kansas City Chiefs? You know, I'm going to have to wait until the All-22 comes out <laughs> to determine whether or not Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill are are integral parts of the uh, the Chiefs' offense. Yeah. Um. I, look, I, what are you gonna do? You know, I I've been kind of waiting for this because you know the Chiefs didn't really have a big thing last year at all, and then this year has been super quiet on it. It seems one of the results of kind of the new world that we're currently in, which is like. Things are a little more relaxed in some ways, you know, in terms of protocols and that kind of stuff. And then you have a, you know, a variant that is at least preliminary stuff that they're looking at is much more contagious, but thankfully less, um, what's the word? Mean? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, which I think people learning that there's a natural human impulse, one, over the course of two years to, it's tough to white knuckle it for two years, you know? People are going to relax a little bit. So I, I'm going somewhere with all this. And it's that I kind of figured with where things are at right now, I kind of wonder if we're past the point to where teams are going to have like one or two cases. Yeah. Like it feels like they're at a point like where when it happens, it's like, well, because people are no longer, you know what I mean? Like all the things that you had to do, you don't have to do anymore. You know, you can be in a smaller room meeting without masks for hours. You know what I mean? Like there's just, and and it was bound, I feel like to happen. Um, I'm glad that it's at least again, it appears based on everything that we hear that most people under the new protocols with perhaps this new variant, that people are fine overall so far. So we can hope that that continues, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah, uh, as of of Monday, uh, when Kelsey got added to the list, I was told that there were no major symptoms. Now that that has not changed today, as of Tuesday afternoon, um, it's a it's a mix of guys who were asymptomatic or have, uh, I guess, what could be classified as minor symptoms, but uh, sure. nothing nothing appears serious in terms of of the symptoms as of now. I appreciate you you telling us that because th- that allows us to, without becoming ghoulish, talk about the football side of things. And also can bring a sense of relief knowing the people that, you know, we we do care about because they seem like pretty awesome people, in my opinion. Uh, we, 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 can, we can talk about the football side of things without feeling ghoulish, which has been a problem, like, throughout this. Mm-hmm. Um, to peel back the curtain for our dear listener, as we were all talking yesterday, we were like, so, how do we talk about this without sounding like complete, you know, it's like, you know, a bunch of people are sick with COVID. Let's talk about how that might affect the game on Sunday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> who's gonna get who's gonna get Nick Bolton's snaps? I thought about trying to purposefully make the ghoulish segues, Seth, as a joke, but maybe partially seriously later <laughs> in the show we'll see where we end up. You know, again, Nick Bolton going to the COVID list is obviously bad news, but he was bad news for the Los Angeles Chargers on Thursday night, <laughs> Seth. He looked at every snap from the young linebacker. <laughs> 
That's where we're at. That's where we're at. No, that's where we're at. And look, that's like you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take a moment and then throw it back to either one of you to just reassure, dear listener. Look, gallows humor is a real thing. Take it from someone who's been working as a child protection attorney for the last five years. If you start feeling guilty because you're utilizing a little gallows humor to get through a tough time, stop it. Because if you don't laugh, you'll cry. And it's okay to laugh a little bit. Now, you probably don't want to become completely emotionally unhealthy like myself and Josh, where that's all we find ourselves capable of doing. The the tagline (laughs) of this show should be, be like Nate. Yeah, that's like that should be the tagline of many things if we're being honest. Yeah. But you know, it's okay to laugh if that's how you cope. And that's how I cope. And it gets me in trouble sometimes. Like when a defendant like hears something that I happen to say to their defense attorney about them. That was really kind of mean. Well, and you want me to you want me to see if I can get you to laugh at something that I know will make you sad? Oh, go go yay. <laughs> I I would have I would have guessed this, but I just double checked it to make sure and it is in fact true with with both Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on the COVID reserve list. Uh, they do have more receiving yards than the rest of the Kansas City Chiefs combined. Yes. That that's not <laughs> that's not surprising to those of us who have watched the Kansas City Chiefs play football this year. But if I ask the question more vaguely of, is there any team in the sport where two pass catchers have out-received the rest of their team? My first thought would be, I don't know, that seems really tough to do. And the Chiefs have done it this year. And that's all. I just think that's wild. That's just something that I've realized is I've kind of done a little bit of that. So what if they can't go? What if this game does happen on Sunday? Um, so there's a fun stat for you. Nate, I'll, I'll see if we can get this from, from you here. Um, and I'm going to... Just keep, I I think the more we cite other people, the safer we are. You know, and I'm just trying to, just like the vaccine, man, I'm just trying to protect each other out here. And Mm -hmm. so I am, uh, I am going to note that our friend Pete Sweeney um, over at uh, Arrowhead Pride and a lot of other things, um, Pete has, has tweeted on multiple occasions, in addition to the fact that the Chiefs uh, signed kicker Elliot Fry, he has noted that it seems like everyone could still have a chance to play at least from the Monday list and presumably from the Tuesday list with the updated protocols. Uh, But he has noted, except for Harrison Butker. Now look, (laughs) that could mean anything. And Pete said, specifically, it sounds like I'll have a shot to play except for Butker. And maybe Pete did the best double entendre of all time regarding if these guys had shots required to play. But I don't need, I don't need to know. Nobody, you know what, Nate? I don't, we, who I've, knows? But I'm making that note. And I have an opinion as to whether or not he would have <laughs> said that double entendre intentionally. But I would love to, to myself. I'd love to ask him at the Chiefs press conferences that we will not be attending in person tomorrow. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, so yeah, that's mm. over. That's not happening anymore. Yeah. Um, but I, I mentioned that partially because I think Pete deserves some flowers there if he's doing the thing. Um, but also to note that, again, with these new protocols, there is a chance that, I mean, presumably any vaccinated player could still make this turnaround. Can you explain like we're all five, Nate? Even if you're only like twelve, you've got more in your in your bag right now. I think in terms of what the the options are for the Chiefs at this point with these guys. Um, this is me being responsible, ladies and gentlemen. Um, when the season began uh, in training camp, preseason, however you'd like to. Um, you know, it's look. Everybody you don't have has, to say anything. You don't have to say. You know look, that. Okay. Look, look, everybody has a choice, and mm-hmm. um, on the front end, the Chiefs are one of the best teams in terms of vaccination rates because they have quality leadership. Um, and Andy Reid, who got the vaccine as soon as it was available to him, uh, i.e., the general public. Uh, Rick Burkholder was the first chief infectious officer. Uh, designated by a team in the NFL. So not only is he handling the entire, you know, uh, athletic training department, obviously the medical staff in terms of doctors, if a player needs uh, a major procedure or not, um, he's the one that's that told the players pretty early uh, it's going to be a long time, or it may take a long time, I should say, for the for a vaccine to be developed. But if in one comes, um, here are all the reasons you should take it. Uh, and so like any wise organization, leadership um, matters. This is why the Chiefs really up until, I guess you could say Sunday, 
because um, that's when guys started getting notified that they were going to be tested. Um, you could say up until that point that they were one of the best teams in the league in terms of not having COVID disrupt their normal operations. At training camp, it was made aware to me that Harrison Bucker had not received the vaccine. It appears that that may be still the case today. No one has told me um, that he is unvaccinated as of right now, but any logical person would tell you that the Chiefs signing a kicker a week before a outbreak occurred leads them to tell you that they knew that maybe Harrison Bucker, if he contracted the virus, was going to have a longer period to return to the team. And ladies and gentlemen, the Chiefs have made it clear to everyone they don't want Tommy Townsend kicking field goals and and punting. (laughs) Okay? Marcus Kemp, I believe, is the secondary holder. Um, I'm sorry to cut you off. This is the best tidbit within a tidbit that this show may have ever had. Is yeah. Tommy Townsend like a terrible emergency like extra point kicker? Could he not pull that off? I've seen Tommy Townsend hit 35 yard field goals. Now okay. that's in practice with sure. no one watching. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, Interesting. So if you want a game winning field goal against the Pittsburgh Steelers, whether it's Sunday at 6:30 or <laughs> Tuesday at 8:30. <8:30, laughs> Depending upon where the league will have to make a decision, based on all the information that I've understood so far, the Chiefs weren't comfortable putting a second-year punter out there for all field goal and onside kicks and point-after attempts and punt responsibilities. Um, they, they weren't willing to put all that on his shoulders so far, or the okay. burden of the responsibility. Now, as I, as I just mentioned, Marcus Kemp... I believe Dave Tobe has told us is the secondary holder. Well, the problem now is uh, the, again, the biggest outbreak based on what you're telling me, Josh, is either in the wide receiver room or the DB room based on the knowledge we have so far. Two active players in terms of the receiving room, two guys that are on um, practice squad. Uh, So we will ask Andy Reid tomorrow. It's appropriate. It's within reason. You want to get as much information as you can. It's Andy Reid's right and prerogative to not answer the question. But at least when the season began, Harrison Bucker was one of the few players who was not vaccinated. And hopefully we can get some clarification on if that is still the case, which again, his choice. Um, But it's going to influence him not just in Sunday's scheduled game right now, uh, but it could be an issue next week as well in Cincinnati if we all get to Cincinnati. <laughs> we would love to be on to Cincinnati as soon as possible at this point. Um, Seth, I don't know if this is I don't know if this is a dumb question, but if this is the last we're not going to do an emergency podcast on Christmas morning. I, I we love you guys really so much appreciation for the audience of this yes. show. Partially because I don't think you'd ask us to do an emergency podcast on Christmas morning. <laughs> so it, this presumably like this is where we're at as this is all very much up in the air. But have you given any thought to like what does the offense look like with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey just not on the field? Also, no Blake Bell. So we're talking a lot of Noah Gray. Maybe uh, maybe Josh Gordon gets back. Maybe Cornell Powell gets the call up. I mean, what, what a lot of Byron Pringle, a lot of McCole Hardman. I, have you given that any thought at all, or are you more concerned about you know anything else? I have given that a lot of thought today, actually. And so I was going to write about um, the Chiefs' overtime drive and some of the things that uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill did that people might have might have missed a little, um, like breaking down those plays because they were awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, <laughs> given in light of recent events. I I think that it might be worth writing about a little bit like how I would game plan if I were Andy Reid. Yeah. And so that's actually something I've given a lot of thought to. And so by the time someone's listening to this, there might be something up on the Chiefs of North News that I'm still kind of workshopping it. Because here's the problem. When you've got an offensive lineman on the list, if there is one position group that spends time together and eats together and hangs out together and, you know, just does everything together – that would be your offensive lineman. Mm. And so anything that I write is going to be contingent on the personnel they have left. 
And as we record right now on Tuesday afternoon, there's no way of knowing whether or not that's how things are going to look. Um, so there, there's kind of two game plans here. One is if the offensive line remains largely intact, right? Niang is the only loss. Mm-hmm. Well, Kyle, uh, Kyle Long as well. Yes, I, I, I should have been. I should have been better. I should have phrased among that the thing. starters. Though. Among yes. the among starters, starters, right now, yes. it's just yes. Niang. Yeah, because I think. If that happens, Pittsburgh run defense has been pretty bad this year, which is unusual for them. And I think there are some arguments to be made for how that game could be done in terms of, you know, hey, hey, Clyde, (laughs) remember when we drafted you in the first round? Mm -hmm. You're up, man. And now, you know, and there's I think there's something to be said for, okay, we we need to alter our approach and maybe become a very run-heavy team, at least in a different way. That said, if Mahomes is still healthy, because that's obviously the biggest one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're still going to throw the ball a ton. Because he's not some some bomb of a quarterback who, when he loses his top weapons, gets, I don't know, shut out on national television. Um, you know, because only bum quarterbacks have that happen to them when they lose their top three receiving options. I'm talking about Tom Brady, guys, and you're really hurting my feelings that you're not hearing me. Anyway, <laughs> I got Nate out here refusing to make noises because he doesn't want to be in the he no, doesn't no, want to be you, in you, the you, sound bite. You, you just do your thing, man. You got it. You got it. Yeah, you, um, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you wanted me to start another feud. Yeah, you're right. That's my turn again. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's a. Uh, I think Mahomes is a guy who can operate with a limited receiving core that, with the way that he plays. Um, but I think if if they are out Kelsey and Hill, they have to redesign the offense. Because mm-hmm. while the offense is built somewhat around Patrick Mahomes' skill set, it's also built somewhat around Tyreek Hills and Travis Kelsey's. And so the first thing I would look to is okay, what is your what are your most talented weapons remaining? And you know, absent Mahomes, because it's always Mahomes is the he is the sun around which everything orbits. Mm-hmm. What are your most talented weapons left? That would be Clyde. And the offensive line. And you can weaponize an offensive line. Make no mistake. So that would be the game plan I would gear up. And then also, if people want to feel better, you could, you know, we'll see what happens. One never knows. Any given Sunday. But you go back and watch what the Steelers offense looked like on Sunday. Um, I think the Chiefs can win that game scoring 20, mm-hmm. 17. And that's if... Willie Gay, Chris Jones, Legarius Sneed, who yeah, obviously and, none of them played against the Chargers. Right. Hopefully and, they'd be back. None of them got nobody got activated today. Sneed obviously not a COVID list. Yeah, and so Chargers. with Gay and Jones, with when they went out, and based on their Twitter activity, they seem like they're feeling based on Chris Jones's activity popping in on a podcast out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think they're feeling okay, which at least should lend evidence to the idea that maybe by Sunday they'll be all right. Mm-hmm. And I think the uh, a relatively healthy Chiefs defense, Rashad Fenton being out, would be a big deal. And so all this is contingent on players, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But I got to tell you, even if they don't have Day and Jones, I, I the, the the Steelers' offense is just not scary at all. Yeah, with all the usual caveats. So that was a long winded answer that honestly could have just been distilled to it depends on who's healthy. So Nate, I, I, we might be near the end of what we can reasonably speculate on at this point. But whenever mm-hmm. you, you have looked at all the stuff with those protocols and with the guys that you're know, talking about Mondays and Tuesdays, and if it's Wednesday, it feels a lot less likely. But do, do you just have anything else in terms of a pulse on what this process would look like? Uh, maybe even in a best case scenario, maybe in the most up and down scenario, just a- anything that you think that people ought to know right now about, how this process has evolved, what changed last week, what what could change this week in terms of, of who could be available if the game, let's just say, gets played at 3.30 on Sunday. Yeah, and, and let's actually start right there. Um, the Chiefs have an argument based on precedent to ask the league to postpone the game till either Monday or Tuesday. Um, now, what we watched yesterday on Monday – and I think even today, because I was just looking at the Washington football team's inactive list, um, mm-hmm. and pushing the game back to Tuesday didn't really help. But based on what we saw 
yesterday with the Browns, it didn't particularly help them either in terms of how many people came back. Actually, it was it was very very few. Um, but the league has now made it clear they are willing to postpone a game. Uh, CBS might be in favor of this just because <coughs> they are the the it's the Chiefs and the Steelers. It's, it's the most. I guess depending upon your and I love Bills Patriots, but like they're mm-hmm. they're one of the most interesting games of the week from the AFC, which obviously CBS has most of AFC games. Um, if you push it back a day or two. Technically, it does give you more time for, for, for players who have tested positive this week. Starting with like Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Rashad Fenton. It does give them a, another couple of hours to get a negative test back. Which is all they need as long as they are asymptomatic. Um, it's, it's fascinating because Chris Jones... Willie Gay, Josh Gordon, under the previous policy that was altered starting Monday, basically starting yesterday, um, the guys in the old policy last week, they have to still have two negative tests. Because the issue there, and I wonder if this was based on player tracking data, which of course the league looks into, and that is sort of part of the, hey, this is why we are doing um, random spot testing based on data from the game and like who you were interacting with, not just on your team, but on the opposing team. And what we know about Thursday's game against the chargers is that Joey Bosa did test positive and he is unvaccinated. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anybody that he was around, you can just make a relative um, educated guess and say, Hey, for uh, your health and based on what we need to know about uh, who can be available under the under the protocol guidelines, um, we, we need to have you uh, come in for a test. Now, that has frustrated players immensely this week mm-hmm. because you can't alter the policy but then require guys to test when they feel like, well, I've been vaccinated and I feel fine. Uh, and that's been that's been sort of a, a a that's been sort of hanging over all of this. So I'm going to try to be as clear as I can. Um, people should follow Lindsey Jones, uh, one of our NFL writers for the Athletics. She does a wonderful job understanding and trying to relay this information because you know even we can see what the leak puts out and we're like, but that don't make sense. Um, uh-huh. By the way. Uh, just a bit of a sidebar. Um, I have to test and be negative just to see practice tomorrow outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the policy is all over the place. By the way, that was not the case last year, and thankfully, um, by God's grace, I have been fully vaccinated and have received my booster shot already, which I would encourage everyone and everybody in the NFL is going to have to do it shortly. Please get your booster shot if it is available to you and you haven't contracted the virus of late. So Lindsay and I were talking earlier today and our understanding is Josh, Seth, is that um, the Chiefs probably after Travis Kelsey tested positive, after uh, who else was it yesterday? Uh, Harrison Bucker, who who mm-hmm. we who we think may still be unvaccinated. After those guys tested positive, we surmise that the Chiefs probably had to test close contacts, which mm. means everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a football team. I mean, it's just it, right. it's it's unfortunate. Um, and at least you have a a, a a more clear picture, if that makes sense. As I said earlier, hey. Hadn't touched the running back room yet. That that's a that's a good thing. Ha, apparently, quarterbacks been doing their job, even though clearly they were all on the plane together. They were all in the locker room. They were all on the team bus. Like it's just it it's it's the reality that we all live in. So they had to do some close contact sort of testing, and now you put that on top of 
uh, our understanding of the new policy, which is you, if you're a vaccinated player and you test because you are symptomatic or you test because you're a high risk vaccinated contact to someone who is a confirmed positive. Does that make sense? Say it slower one more time. If you're a vaccinated player, you test now under the new policy because you are symptomatic. You have right. some symptoms that would lead anyone to say, hey, you might want to get a test. Mm-hmm. Or you're a high-risk vaccinated contact to someone who is a confirmed positive, i.e. Travis Kelsey, i.e. Harrison Bucker. Or, as I mentioned earlier, you are selected for random spot testing because you was around Joey Bosa on Thursday night. Mm. So what un- you're saying is the most damage that Joey Bosa did to the Chiefs. <laughs> there it is. We're back. <laughs> By the way, unvaccinated players are still tested every day, including Cole Beasley. Um, so that's what I can tell you based on everything we've tried to understand from the league. Uh, from what teams are asking players to do, um, it's you know if I can get to practice on Wednesday, which I don't know if anybody's understood this uh, who isn't getting a paycheck from the NFL. It's hard to get a test these days, mm. um, and I'm not just saying from like CVS or Walgreens. I'm like, hey man, y'all got any of them them at home tests? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, hey man. Uh, I think I feel fine, and uh, hopefully the test will tell me this, but I actually need a test to, to tell me this. Um, so, I would love to move on to the mailbag. I'm, I'm trying my best. Is there any other questions I guess you guys have? Because I would be shocked if this game was played at 3.30 on Sunday. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. My question would be, you said the Chiefs could ask the league, you know, hey, we got to do something here. Yes. And I'm wondering, and this might be crazy, I don't know, maybe I'm galaxy-braining too hard here. I've partially throughout this podcast have realized that lots of top two teams receivers are, you know have more receiving yards than the rest of their team. And I understand that because oh the really being here, yeah, like it makes sense for like the Bengals, right? But a lot of a decent number of guys do that. The emphasis here being, you know, they might not be out here on on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. Anyway, um, my question is: is it 
would it be better for the Chiefs to have less time to prepare for the Bengals? Understanding what you mentioned earlier, Nate, that moving games back hasn't necessarily done much of great right. impact for the teams that have been most impacted by this. Like, Correct. I, I think that, and again, this all changes tomorrow if there are 10 more positives. Certainly if one of them is Patrick Mahomes, whatever. Correct. But I don't know. I I think I think I would lean towards cobbled together against the Steelers if you feel like it's gotten relatively contained at that point. And try to keep yourself that week for the Bengals game. I don't know. Maybe I'm it, maybe it, I'm galaxy branding them. No, 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 no. That that's fine. And I think for football reasons, that makes a lot of sense. Doesn't work for football for te- reasons. Doesn't doesn't work for television. Now, yeah. I'm sure people are wondering. Well, Nate, um, Patrick Mahomes hasn't tested positive. Uh, hey. We ain't going to be out here starting Nick Mullins on a Monday night or Monday afternoon. I mean, good God. Uh, by the way, shout out to Nick Mullins. Kind of got in the groove in the second half. I always like it <laughs> when somebody hasn't played football in years, okay? And I mean real football. Look, even if 13 guys are not available for the Chiefs, they still going to be playing real football out there, okay? Mm-hmm. And Nick Mullins was like, guys, this is hard. Uh-huh. And then in the second half, he was like, okay, I'm a professional athlete. I've caught my groove, sort of figured some things out schematically. Um, it does help that, like, they're the home team. So, look, yes, listener, I understand that you're saying, well, if the quarterback is there, if the marquee guy is still there, um, maybe they don't move the game. And there is some argument to that, um, again, based on the precedent that the league has set already. How many times do you want Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball to? Demarcus Robinson. The name was going to matter a lot there for me because I could get pretty hyphy for a Noah Gray McCall Hardman game, honestly. Now, CBS will tell you they don't want that unless they absolutely have to put it on. And what the NFL has told us already is those games will be played um, because obviously, if you forfeit a game, uh, this isn't going to be you know the the cutoff is Tuesday. Um, if they move this game as far back as they can, it's Tuesday. Uh, the the more logical thing is probably to do it Monday, um, because that leads into Monday Night Football, y'all. Um, it's just it, it's going to be tough. Uh, again, as you listen to this, more news may have been yeah. revealed uh, from when we were recording this, but but I I, I do want to tell people that like, um. The Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC with very little wiggle room um, in terms of margin for error. Uh, the league may look favorable on them and say, all right, the game has been moved another 24 hours. If nobody gets back from the COVID list, we at least gave you the same uh, grace period as the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. And then you just move forward. Um, but, you know, Demarcus Robinson has a role, but he's also not Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. And so right. um, that's where that's where they are. And those guys, as we said earlier, they only need one negative test and they need to be asymptomatic. Um, but it's it's rough. I mean, I guess for you, Seth, do you as a, if we were looking at it from a coaching perspective, uh would you want the extra day to help adjust, take things out, add things mm. to the game plan? Or are you just like, let's just get this through and we can focus attention, hopefully with more guys back, for the Bengals? I mean, the Bengals are a better team. Correct. Um, a much better team. And honestly, I, I kind of have – I'm curious if you're Andy Reid – because, man, you, you you have only a certain number of reps and a certain number of, number of opportunities to practice certain things. And so it's hard to just simplify it to like, oh, well, you should just go with an entirely different playbook than what you would normally run. That's easy say, hard do, right? It's At the same time, I kind of feel like they should. <laughs> like, just like, it's the Steelers. 
understand that they they're not a terrible team. I mean, they they're in contention for the playoffs. Their offense is bad. They've got a good defense, but maybe you just go into it and you say, "Hey, we need to just strip down the offense, completely simplify. We are going to run a ton of let's let Pat do something crazy type plays and a ton of power. See if they can, like, you know, start off the game with five straight runs and see if they can stop it. And if they can't, mm-hmm. tell Clyde and and, and Gore and Daryl, just be like, guys. We already, we already put an ice in the tub. Don't worry. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, look, guys, you're going to be tired today, but I don't think they can stop the run. And, and y'all, we, we really probably should not force Mahomes against a, a good pass rush to be forced to look for open options where they might not be there all the time. Um, and so I really, I don't know if the extra day really does anything for me in terms of game planning. I think if you're, I think if you're read, you strip it down, you simplify that. I don't think an extra day helps with that. I think an extra day maybe gets you an extra guy or two back. Um, it seems like players generally aren't coming back very quickly, but we haven't seen these new protocols for very long. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, it's, I was curious the effects that this would have, you know, some of these, like we talked about, you know, when, when you take away some of the protocols, when you get one, you're going to get five, you know, or 10 or 15, because you also have the protocol of testing asymptomatic people who are close contacts. And a bet that I have just in the complete back of my mind, as we start to talk about other stuff, I wonder if the ultimate result of all this is going to lead to them just not testing asymptomatic people ever. That seems like something the NFL would do. But it seems like the direction they've been maybe starting to, to tilt towards. Yeah. But, but here's the problem with that. As much as as much as the league and again, I think the players are in that are in that viewpoint, like majority wise. I'm not saying like every player thinks this, but like there is a large segment of players who are like asymptomatic. I can take a few more snaps. Right, that, but <laughs> but if anybody tests positive on your team, it will trickle at least under these new protocols or trigger, I should say, the high risk, um, confirmed, you know, the high risk vaccinated contact to someone who was confirmed positive. I mean, good lord, I I, I love the I love the phrasing. I actually, don't love it, but again. Are you at high risk because your teammate at your same position tested positive? Well, I'm sorry if you if you feel asymptomatic and a feel fine. Like get your you know what in here, and we gotta we gotta sort of identify uh, how much the 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 variant has a uh, has has gotten a hold of the team. I think that that particular strategy has a bunch of holes in it that we can poke at a later episode because I would rather ask you guys some questions from our dear listeners than hear myself talk about COVID some more. Does that work for you guys? Wonderful. <laughs> I, I I hope people hung with me because this is I'm, – I'm doing my best, guys. I'm going to answer this question before I ask it, and I'm going to say that I'm here for it. This is from Cody Glenn Barnhart. Any chance of taking a flyer on Bashad Breland? He was released by the Vikings after some sort of altercation, (laughs) and apparently there was no coming back from that. Here's what I would say. Um, This was, I thought this, before the Chiefs were looking to potentially be without Traverius Ward and Rashad Fenton for a period of time. Um, Think about what a year with the Minnesota Vikings would do to you. I mean, Seth, you've just been in Minnesota for all this time, and look at what happened to you. I would welcome him back with open arms, totally seriously. Why don't you convince me otherwise? I'm not going to be the one to convince you otherwise. Let's go! You might as well at least see. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Now, the big thing would be, though, is he would need to understand it's a different team this year. Yes. That Legereus need to stepped up big. Ward ain't going anywhere. Fenton stepped up big. And even, you know, look, even Hughes has stepped up in moments. Um, he's had ups and downs, shall we say. Yes. Um, and Baker's had more downs than ups, but he's had some moments too. He plays real physical. So, you know, if you bring him on, he can't expect to walk back in and be the full-time starter like he was. Just need you, just need you for a month and a half, Bashad. A month and a half, your best yeah. team football. Yeah, just, yeah. I mean, I would present it in a look, man. I mean, what else are you going to do? Are you going to yeah, stay at home and not, not collect checks? Like the scheme that he just, he was in an hour and yeah, a half ago. Exactly, yeah, he, exactly. but it's just a matter of like, hey, man, you're probably going to be, and they can at least see what he's got left in his legs because he has not played well with the Vikings this year. Mm-hmm. And if you can't perform in Mike Zimmer's scheme, because Zim knows how to coach corners. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I mean, they can at least see because I mean, Spags does a lot of zone stuff, a lot of stuff that maybe losing a step or two isn't going to hurt him as much. He plays super physical, tackles really well. So that fits in with what the cornerback group does well. You tell him, hey, you know, you might be our fourth corner. I got to tell you, the idea of Bashad Breland being their fourth corner, not bad. I don't hate that. It's not mm-hmm. bad. Now, now, here's something I do know. Um, Mike Zimmer did not call this man Breezy. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. You, One you know, man did. And you know who did, Josh. <laughs> tell, tell, tell the audience. <laughs> Listen, I thought Breezy did a great job out there. That's all I'm saying. I thought Breezy did a great job. I love, we love Breezy. It just didn't work out. Spags, baby. Very... Steve Spagnolo knows the nicknames of these dudes. Yeah. Um, he uses them casually. Casually. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Breezy. Uh, <laughs> look, um, I think... <sighs> look, uh, the Chiefs obviously have some bigger concerns right now. Yep. Um, but... This is um this this is intriguing. I, I would I would be willing to suggest that maybe the Chiefs should look into it. Uh, as all as these, you know, great gentlemen have said before me, he would need to understand his role, but he knows the terminology. Uh, by the way, Tyron Matthew was a big um had a big voice in trying to, to retain him. Mm. Uh, I think the issue was was that monetarily uh, the two sides were, were too far apart. And Bashar Breland, um, any agent would tell you at this age of your career, you, you kind of have to take the most money and there's a chance for you to start. Uh, and yeah. so that's, that's what Minnesota offered him. Um, I I love that Bashar Breland still has the confidence. Um, but yeah, it would, it would be in a limited role. And um, similar to Melvin Ingram, he wouldn't, he would actually in my opinion, he'd actually be a positive in terms of locker room culture, mm. conversations amongst guys, teaching guys, obviously the experience that he has, even if he's not on the field, kind of being another, you know, coach slash assistant. Um, yeah. Why not? Um, let's go. Uh, I want to make some quick ones here. So we'll take this one from Karen directly to you here. Nate, are we ever going to get reporters back in the locker room? I know I text this as uh, COVID is still running rampant. <sighs> you can make this one probably a one word one, Nate. What was it? What was the dear listener's name again? Karen. That was from Karen. Karen. Um, Karen, it is my hope and dream <laughs> to be back in that four walls. And you and I both know I'm out here getting Heisman over and over <laughs> and over again. Uh, for this season, it's no. For next season, ooh, we are in some uh, we are in some unfavorable position. Um, it's such a small thing on such a giant scale. Um, but people need to get vaccinated. They need to get, uh, boosted as best they can. And we need to, honestly, it's like, can we just give our healthcare workers a break? I mean, guys, yeah. Um, and it's not their fault, but they are they are facing the brunt of it. And again, from the large scale back to the tiniest of a morsel, can you imagine what that locker room was like after Thursday's game? Because oh, sure, because that was the season in a nutshell uh, for mm-hmm. that specific game to understand the division and the potential of chasing the one seed, not knowing at the time that they were going to retain it. Um, there are memories. I'll, I'll share one here really quick, Karen. Uh, Travis Kelsey had one of the best games of his career, perhaps the best regular season game of his life. Um, when the Detroit Lions in 2018 beat the living you-know-what out of him because uh, Patricia was using the Bill Belichick formula of double-teaming him, roughing him up, uh, doing that halo coverage that Andy Reid talked about, obviously Mahomes leads them down the field. I think Daryl Williams scores the game-winning touchdown. Uh, the Chiefs, I believe, four and zero. And the man who was one of the more emotional, screaming from the top of his lungs in the locker room was Travis Kelsey. I can't imagine how Travis Kelsey was, but part of the job is to get information and to get a sense of what the team is going through. And one of the truest ways of doing that is actually being in the locker room when a result has either gone the team's way or has not gone the team's way. Um, and it is that reporting 
uh, that we have all sort of lost because of this hideous disease. Am I allowed to say something blunt? Like, I, I don't have as much of a dog in the fight as, as a lot of people. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, always. Some NFL teams don't really want reporters to have access. And that is fair. Correct. And that's how, – how's that? Some yeah, it's NFL great. Teams, but... Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> just not that, – that's not their favorite thing. And not for any nefarious reason necessarily, just because NFL teams like to control everything they can possibly control. It's it's the military. Yep. Without the military. Yep. So, yeah, any any excuse that most NFL teams have to limit access, they're going to do it. But thank you, Karen, uh, for, for even asking the question and even yeah. considering our job. You got a good story too. Yeah. It's just the answer's gonna be not not soon. It seems like. Um, let, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go back and forth Christmas and football, and we got to keep them relatively tight because we got a, a few pretty good ones here from uh, Nick Mullins. Uh, if you had the draft or sign one of Santa's reindeer, who would it be in what position? Can I? I got my answer if you need me to buy some time. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm putting a neck roll on Blitzen, and I am Dang sending it. him straight straight up straight up into the middle of that defensive line, making wreaking <laughs> havoc. It's literally his name. Sorry, Seth. I think that was the only good answer. It's yeah, why it really I chose looks. to do this now, question. Now, look, no. can, we, can we put Rudolph on a jet sweep? See what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, but I mean, you are you are leaving out the idea that when you run four verts as much as I do, you need Dasher out there. <laughs> That's huge. That's huge. His long speed is not great, but quickness is incredible. Yeah. And Dancer, we know, is Cam Irving. The man, <laughs> the greatest <laughs> celebrator in the history. I will always oh, have a God. very special place in my heart for Cam Irving. And they, uh, this is, I'm sorry, this isn't keeping it short, but you remember in not the last game, but the week before where Mahomes took kind of a late hit after yeah. he was sliding. One of the best quotes I saw on that was some version of hand to God, Cam Irving gets arrested if this happens. <laughs> when he's on the team. And he's absolutely right. Like Cam Irving would have been all over that dude. And I miss that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad no one's getting themselves thrown out of games, but I thought that was the funniest comment. Like, yep, he's going to jail that day. That, that's what would have happened. Uh, Chef DG on Twitter says, uh, if a Bucks revenge game isn't possible for the Super Bowl, and frankly, I'll put that one on the table so we can all take different ones if you want, mm-hmm. uh, who would be your favorite opponent from an entertainment view in the Super Bowl? Mahomes versus Rodgers, Mahomes versus Kyler Murray, rematch of the Rams game from 2018. Ooh. Obviously, in different pieces there, but yeah. all of those are fun. What would you yeah. guys take? I, I would I would sign up for Reed. For, for Reed. I would sign up for, for uh, Rodgers versus Mahomes. Yeah, the, the, correct, the correct answer is, is, the, is Green Bay. Um, because we were sort of immunized from having it <laughs> earlier this year, and uh, you know, let, let's let's hope. Let, look, let's. I'm gonna just say it right now. Aaron Rodgers canceled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of myself right now. You guys should feel safe also Look, knowing wanna, that either of you took the most obvious jokes in a segment where I talked about blitzing blitzing. So you guys are good. Look, I just want to be woke when Chiefs Packers occur for Super Bowl 56, okay? I just like want to be woke. Like Martin Luther King Jr. might have said, I just want to be there for the Super Bowl. Um, can you imagine the State Farm? Uh, hey, guys, I know it's the biggest game of the season, but could you come down to L.A. just a day early to film some <laughs> stuff for the Super Bowl? <laughs> um, I do. I Look, I think um, it is for the thematic reasons in NFL history, you actually want a healthy Bucks team. <sighs> I'm sorry, Chris Godwin versus a healthy Chiefs yeah, team. Yeah. That's what you actually want. Yeah. Um, you see the new layer that got added to this rivalry five minutes ago? No. Oh yes, I did. The Buccaneers are signing Le'Veon Bell. Huge, that's, massive. Yeah, that's that's a bit of a layer, I guess. The, the um, right team, Seth. The right the right football answer is 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 uh, Packers Chiefs. Uh, historically, for a massive TV number, you want healthy Chiefs, healthy healthy Bucks. I I definitely in I care the most about bad narratives getting extinguished and one of the only chances Mahomes mm. has barring winning like twenty Super Bowls because people always say, well you know Brady beat him though you know Brady beat him straight yeah. up in the Super Bowl and yeah. I just can't and so that's the one I want is a rematch because I think without all the things that happened in the last one 
That's Mahomes' best shot at running down Brady for the GOAT status. Um, for football purposes, though, it would be really interesting to see the chip on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder after a week of hearing about how great Mahomes is versus the chip on Patrick Mahomes' shoulder after a week of hearing about how great Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is. Because these are two of the pettiest humans on the planet, competitively speaking. I don't know either of them personally, but competitively, these guys are petty. And I love that. So that would be fun to watch. I don't know why you think Aaron Rodgers would have a chip in his shoulder because he didn't get vaccinated, actually. And so he didn't get that. I don't, just so you know, I'm not sure if you caught that. Don't try to take my obvious <laughs> jokes. That's what we're here for. Uh, from, uh, from Colin Eric on Twitter, are all of these statements true? This has been the worst season of the Mahomes slash Reed era. This is the most complete team of the Mahomes slash Reed era. And anything short of a Super Bowl appearance will be a disappointment. Are all of those true? No. What's what's false? Uh, the most complete team in the era was in 2019. I don't I don't need to. I mean, are we, are we look? I don't need to go much deeper with that. But no, no. I, 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 nineteen is again. Nineteen is a Disney movie, kids. Okay, mm-hmm. like there's no. Um, I guess statistically, yes, but also, Mahomes had some dips because of injuries in 19 like let's let's be mm-hmm. real there too mm-hmm. uh, and what was the last question I closed is it considered anything a short of anything is it short, considered yeah, short a of short appearance is a disappointment yeah I think no, that's no, no, so no. true no 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 I would say no because as I've as I I tried to frame the season in this way getting the four straight AFC championship game yeah, is, cons- right. is success or not if you don't right. get to the AFC championship game I would consider that a disappointment Anything once you reach the AFC Championship is a bonus. Whether you win that game, get to the Super Bowl, win that game, or lose the Super Bowl, or obviously lose in the AFC Championship. It, as much as I've studied NFL history and the amount of just snaps and games on the core players' bodies, uh, getting to a fourth AFC Championship game would be yeah. would be incredible because they're yeah. not even there's not even like Tom Brady mm-hmm. core groups that did that right. Tom Brady went 10 years between Super Bowl championships. Correct. Yep. People forget about that and so they're 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 their way that they view what dynasty should look like got completely jacked up by the Patriots because mm. we don't realize how fast time or how fast time goes by. So they smashed together these, you know, these six Super Bowl championships in New England not realizing that was over the course of 20 years. Yeah. Um and Is so it- my answers would be yes, maybe no. Is it is it, um, is it okay to acknowledge that man in the arena is excellent excellently done even though it's from, i was even, waiting for the reviews to even, start and even saying bef- it's good even, look, watch it. even though it's from a player's perspective and you have to understand that it's from the player's perspective i get that it is still excellently done because it just i guess the early episodes i haven't gotten to all of them but it just reminds you of how far this league has come and just wow it's definitely a different league. And and Bill um, Belichick is still better than just about everybody. Yeah, no, that dude's an unbelievable coach. Unbelievable but, coach. But I would say um this year we we hit the we hit the biggest low because we didn't have injury excuses as much this year. Correct. So that would be a yes. Then I'm gonna say maybe for the most complete team, simply because I think the ceiling on this defense is better is, is significantly higher than the one from 2019 depending on how things play out it, it's tough to replace Watkins in terms of that third weapon and then no I it's not short of a Super Bowl you just can't realistically expect to make the Super Bowl every year you can't I think this show's pretty good but holy bleep our hurry up offense is awful we are taking eight minute drives up and down the field every time, man. We just there's no there is no get up and go in this offensive scheme. I, I will one sentence it from here on out unless yes, you tell me otherwise. Yes, same. Jeremy says Christmas movie power rankings. I'll just take your favorite one. Favorite Christmas movie. The Family Man. Oh wow! Oh really? Nice. Okay, Seth. Um, just to pick something different, I guess I'll go with Home Alone. But man, The Family Man's a great movie. Wow. Okay. The great cause. I, I, my whole family watch. It's a wonderful life every year, and oh, so now yes. I now I carry yes. that torch on. Uh, it's a good movie. It's it long. But it's a good movie. Um, would uh, from uh, defensive indifference, could Patrick Mahomes have made made John Baldwin good? No. <laughs> I would just say no. There, there's a limit to these things, people. 
And the things he, I've learned about John Baldwin since starting uh-huh. to cover this league, no, no. And that again, I hope I hope John Baldwin listens. Maybe I don't, but like no. Uh, I think he could have helped prolong his career, but not made him good. If that makes sense, because totally. pick, picking up some stats and being good aren't the same thing. Correct. Um, this is from Owen. If you had a gun to your head, wow, choosing violence early here, they said, very self-aware. What would you say is more likely, the Chiefs lose in the divisional round or that they win the Super Bowl? Less likely or more likely? Um, more likely. That's I, skipping a wild card round that right yeah, now they wouldn't have to play in. Right. But, I, I kind of want to say Super Bowl. Because uh, yeah. it's Andy Reid coming off a of bye week, again, knowing that hopefully COVID doesn't. Right, the three of us game. might play against the Steelers, so it's hard to say. Right, but I, I'm saying Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm saying Super Bowl is more likely, and and that sounds bad. It's just that's what we've seen from them. Playoff Chiefs are really, 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 really hard to beat. Yeah, I would narrowly go the other way just to say that we've seen them uh, beat themselves and take it out of the other team's hands a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I just it happened this year. I've, we've seen it. I'm not predicting it. I'm a little nervous about it. From uh, Jetty Rat, I'm married to a Steelers family. My wife and my son are Steelers fans. My wife's parents and my brother-in-law and his family will be at our house for Christmas. My daughter and I will be outnumbered 9-2 to two on game day. Suggestions for surviving slash navigating the day. You got to have good presents the day before, and you got to hope that game actually happens. That's all I got to say. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it, should, it should tilt your direction. That, that would be my advice. You guys didn't have anything, Seth. You're you're a part of a of a split football family. I am part of a split football family, sort of. I right now, my my youngest son says he wants to be a Vikings fan because his cousin is a Vikings fan, and they're really close in age because my brother in law is a. Viking. So I just think sometimes it's okay to watch games apart from one another. That's great advice. I heard Nate take a call, so I'm gonna get to the next one here. Um, this one from Blake is honestly too good for the very end of this show. Why is the offense great in the opening script, great in the end of game turn pat loose mode, but so unproductive in the normal game situations in between? I mean, I think that's an oversimplification. I think people are looking for something, so they find it. And with football, because it's so hard to be dominant on every drive, because if you were, you'd score, you know, 70 points. And there's a reason people don't. It's just really, really hard to move the football. I I think... I could be wrong here. I think the lack of a third reliable weapon does hurt them at mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And so you get some of those small mistakes that they can't overcome as easily as in years past. And I think that's something they'll need to address. Um, I don't buy the idea that that Reed, if that's what's kind of getting implied, that Reed has like given up game plan or like play calling. I just don't buy it. I'm going to just hit the last one so we can end on this one from Hoykus. Best Christmas present story from each of you giving or receiving. I can't remember what was on my birthday, what was Christmas because they're two days apart, but I got a uh, black Nintendo DS Lite. I think it's my 13th birthday or Christmas two days afterwards. I still have it. It's wonderful. That that one will stick with me. That's that, I, you know what? Mine's very similar um, as a, as a seventh or eighth grader getting a Nintendo 64 mm. and golden eye. Mm. And it was just like, I, I cried because I didn't yeah. think that I would get one for a variety of reasons. But yeah, that was, it was pretty awesome. Um, and then of course I've gotten a lot of really nice stuff for my kids. I figured I should throw that in there. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Nate's gone. So I think that's the end of the show. Nate, you have a Christmas present. If, if you Nate might be on the phone right now. Nate stay completely silent. If, if you're unavailable, if, if we're if Josh and I are everything you've ever wanted to be in a person, Nate, don't say a word. I knew it. Wow. Nate, if the best Christmas present you've ever gotten is the gift of friendship from me and Seth, just don't say anything. I'm starting to well wow. up. What a, this what a, what a this nice is guy. this is Nate, if you are 100 percent certain that the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl this year and and next year. And you guarantee that to our listeners. Don't say a word. Wow. I mean, he must be getting choked up. Nate, I guess last one for me is if you want to, if you want me to come over and just get all your credit card information from Holly and then just have that and use it for myself as I see fit, I guess just don't, just don't say anything and I'll, I'll head that way. All right. Well, Seth, we got to wrap up. I got to get out of here. I got to get to Nate's house and try to, Nate, if I can just come in and just sort of like break in or whatever, don't say anything. 
I gotta go. So uh, I'll also wrap up this edition of the show. You can read Nate's work throughout what will surely be a hectic Christmas week uh, on The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at by Nate Taylor. You can follow Seth at Real MN Chiefs Fan. And of course, uh, there's a great piece on Nick Bolton that we didn't get to talk about today. Sorry, people should read it. It's unlocked for everybody too, right? Yes, yes, it is. Um, I think people would have fun reading it. I think I think people will enjoy it. Uh, really kind of honing in on how different a player he looked like in coverage against the Chargers. There's no guarantee, right, what it'll be moving forward. But his recognition looks looks faster, and there's a lot of other stuff in there. I think you'll enjoy it. He, he was a plus player in coverage on Thursday, which, let me tell you, was not the case earlier this year. Yeah. So that's the mnchiefsfan.substack.com, plus there could be something else there as well. I do a lot of tweeting at JB Briscoe, occasionally other things. You can follow me there. Um, Seth, since you're here and, and Nate's not, why don't you wrap us up, send us out with a, uh, I don't know, I'm going to send a message of Christmas cheer, a message of, you know, being quiet whenever you really want to tell your friends how much they mean to you. Anything, that's really up to you. you I'll, know, I'll leave it in I, your hands. I will, do, I will do a Christmas thing every year that my, uh, every year my wife makes me send out a, uh, a a Christmas letter to our friends and family. And this year, um, I always do a theme for it. It's as obnoxious as you're imagining. Speaking of which, Josh, you need to text me your address. I was just thinking that I hadn't gotten one. It's December 21st. It's cool, man. You I haven't text sent it, it out me. yet. I just drafted it. I was in Florida. Um, and so I, uh, so every year I pick a theme. And so in previous years, it was a, uh, it was like, uh, you know, you you know, what each member of my family, who they were, if they were a member of the Chiefs, because that was the year the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so, of course, I was Eric Fisher uh, for a variety of reasons, of which I won't bore you with right now. And so I, I wrote one this year and the my theme this year was a bunch of of definitions of words, you know, using a thesaurus to describe every member of my family. And so to to send us off in to in typically long-winded fashion, I just wanted to let every one of our listeners know that uh, what what I think of them, you know, if I were to pick a word to define them, I would say that you guys are all as he stalled for just one more minute. Nate, um, no, don't Nate, don't say anything if you are really excited to hear what Seth's going to come up with here. Oh, sure. So you, dear readers, this Christmas season Listeners. or whatever holiday you happen to be celebrating, just understand that you are priceless, cherished, incalculable, invaluable, prized, treasured of inestimable worth. And I know that for an absolute fact. That is you. And so have a Merry Christmas. Now, Nate, if you'd like to echo that message, stay perfectly silent.